0: are listening to episode 229 of the Fitzpro podcast. And today we are going over best practices on Instagram to grow your brand. And I put in parentheses and income now. That is obviously not guaranteed, but I do think that in putting, if you put the right effort into growing your brand, ideally those people who are entering your brand will eventually want to pay you. Now, how quickly that happens, what that buying cycle is, is going to depend on your offers, on your messaging, on your actual systems that you have in place for your client journey, etc, etc. But I do think that growing your brand on Instagram, if done right, will hopefully also have the potential to grow your income. So if that sounds like something you're into, today's episode is going to be for you. Without further ado, let's dive in. Fits Pro Podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs a.k.a. Not Your Average Fitspo. And my aim is to help you grow your mind, body, and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a Fitspro. shout out to Legion Athletics for sponsoring this podcast. They are the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world. You already know I love their whey. I love their creatine, which is Recharge. I also love their non-stim pulse. Their stim pulse just has 350 milligrams of caffeine in it. And that is too fucking much for me. So hard pass on that. I have said before, I do know people that mix their non-stim and their stim. So they would get like half of that, like 175 grams uh, or milligrams of caffeine. And maybe that is better for some people. I would do that if I like wasn't having any coffee in the day. But regardless, they taste great, they go down well, they don't cause any GI tract issues for me or my husband. My husband has a much more sensitive GI tract than I do. I love their whey protein. I drink it every morning. Somebody on Instagram the other day asked what I do for breakfast and straight up, I want to get high protein in the morning. So I have a bagel that has 12 grams of protein and I have a scoop or scoop and a half of the whey cocoa cereal protein. I down it in like seven seconds and I now have what, 42 grams of protein in my breakfast, like 15 grams of fiber. We're good to go. So I love it. I love the ease that it brings in. I am very, very pro using protein powder in order to get more protein in if growing muscle or gaining strength is a goal of yours, or just not filling the rest of your diet with carbs and fat. It's not that those things are bad, but if if protein is low, then the diet has to be made up of something, right? So that is that is why I am pro learning about macros. I don't focus on nutrition, but I do encourage everyone to learn about macros and to track their food at some point in their life just because it is informative. So if you are looking at adding any of those to your training regimen, check out Legion. Go to buylegion.com. Use code Annie at checkout for 20% off your first order. Also, if you are an online health and fitness entrepreneur, I assume that's what you are because you are listening to this episode. Check out my free workshop. Go to anniemiller.co backslash workshop dash register. It is called Your Biz, Your Way, Three Steps to Build a Profitable Online Health and Fitness Business. If you've never taken it before, take it. If you've taken it before or you signed up, clicked the link and your 24 hour clock ran out, then be sure to sign up with a different email. So there's lots of carryover between how to grow your brand audience on Instagram and how to increase your income. Often just being front of mind for people is the lowest barrier of entry. To increasing applications for enrollments, we will separate the two of these for clarity. But know that there is mainly positive carryover, or or definitely not negative carryover, from audience growth tactics possibly growing your income. So in the in the sense of brand growth, which is your audience growth, and again, we're talking about Instagram specifically today. None of these are new, I simply want to do a refresh for you in order to bring your focus back to one to two of these if you've slipped up In your Instagram approach. Lately, it happens. We all need a refresher. I need refreshers. We get, you know, we put on a lot of blinders, we put on a lot of bumpers and follow specific strategies. And then we get more fluid, which is lovely. But sometimes then we let go of some of those strategies that can legitimately be helpful in growing our brand and our income. So we got to reel it back in. And that's what today's episode is all about. So, you know, I love stories, Instagram stories. But they aren't for growing your audience, they're for selling and connecting with your warm Instagram audience and people who have already said, yes, I want to follow this person. So we will talk about Instagram stories during income growth. For now, we're talking about audience growth. The first thing we want to focus on here is client-centric and personal storytelling, So owning your own story, your past story, your present process, how those have changed, the transformations that have taken place, and then bring it back to the consumer and their experience. We always want to tie it back in. So I am all for talking about yourself, especially if you are building a personal brand, but we want to always bring it back to how does this apply to the potential client? How does this apply to the consumer? What can they learn from your experience? That's the point of sharing. The point of sharing is not just to share your experience. This is not a personal fucking blog. This is an actual brand where you sell a service within health and fitness. So you got to bring it back. You got to bring the connection to the consumer. And ideally, this is also sharing either different content or within sharing your own story, content that helps them now, immediately, where they are. They will share that. And when they share that, then other people within their ecosystem will also see it. And ideally, those are more of your ideal clients or ideal free consumers that you want joining your audience. So if you've got away from, kind of sharing about clients or pulling content from client-centric topics and ideas, bring it back to that for a little bit. If you have forgot about your own personal storytelling, bring that back for a bit. See what happens with connectivity and shareability of those pieces of content. The next thing is frequency, high volume posting. I am pro high volume posting. Again, this episode is how to grow your audience. That is the focus. High volume posting, more posts equals more reps for you, better messaging, better creatives like your actual images that you're creating or graphics or videos or whatever. It's more opportunity for more engagement It's more potential for exposure and viral status posts to take off and less overall pressure because I have shared this before. When I have clients that post 14 to 21 times per week, they're like, it takes the weight off of like how a post is going to perform when you're posting high frequency. And that's a really nice thing to experience. Now, again, I want to make a point. You want to make these posts very bite-sized. So if we are posting at a high frequency, we're breaking things down and we're creating very granular posts. We are not creating big, heavy graphics. We are not doing three-minute videos. We are making things very small, very digestible, very sticky so that people watch all of these, so that they take in all of these pieces of content. But you cannot argue that high frequency equals more potential for exposure, more potential for growth. I would say seven posts per week is a minimum if growth is the goal. I posted two times per day when I came back from my eight week break earlier this year, and I had two posts slash reels go viral from that. Those posts alone brought in 3000 new people to my audience. The double posting, posting twice per day, was worth it due to literally just those two posts. Every other post did like whatever. It was a normal post. Some got okay engagement, some completely tanked, but the two that took off got me 3,000 new quality people into my audience. That is the potential That is not guaranteed, but that is the potential that we have with just putting out more reps, putting out more content. It's just potential for that to happen. The next thing I want you to bring back your focus to is mother categories. We cover this in Fitsboro Foundations and my Instagram 101 course. I still live by this. I still come back to and refine my mother categories. They provide bumpers, which build trust And an area of focus, which is what other people would probably consider to be like your expertise. These are what you become known for. These are kind of, I call them mother categories. Other people would call them content pillars. They're what you repeat over and over and over again. And ideally over time, what you dive deeper on. It's the same topic that you hit from 10 different angles within your content. So if you've never defined your mother categories, if it's in your budget, join Fitzroy Foundations or Instagram 101. If not, I would really encourage you to take time to define four to six, no more than six, especially in today's age of Instagram. Mother categories. Do that if you never have. Go deeper with your content with less, less topics, less width, but go deeper. This is how you also become a trusted coach. If you missed my last episode, on becoming a trusted and credible coach in the online health and fitness space, make sure to listen to that as well. Now, if growth is your goal, growth is dependent on shareability. And shareability is ideally also repeatable. Ideally, the stuff that you are repeating is shareable or you see what does well and you're like, wow, that topic, I need to talk about that topic again. I need to hit it from five different angles. Ideally, that is a choice that you are making when something does do well, if it is something that did well and is actually valuable to your brand and your ideal client and not just some random reel that you made that has nothing to do with your brand or your ideal client. I find that this is either something based in humor or something that people get fired up about, like uh, something that is positive or justice vibes, or something that is a common experience or struggle, something that you're willing to say that maybe a lot of other people are thinking but aren't saying and they can get behind. That's the type of content that falls here. Like I said, it can also be funny or humorous, so taking off a sweaty sports bra. Um, or on a, on a serious note, the oversexualization of women in fitness, like both of these are related to my area of focus within fitness, but they're not direct. So it would bring in ideal clients because it applies to a lot of people, but it is also very specific. That's the key. What shared experience or shared thought does your ideal client have? Do a lot of people have that is also very specific. This will continue to bring quality people into your audience that are also likely very aligned with your values from a business standpoint. That's very important. Trends don't always bring quality followers. I have found in my own experience that half the time, whatever the trend is either dies super quick or it doesn't work. I can count on one hand the amount of times that a trend worked in my favor, meaning that I gained ideal potential prospects into my audience on Instagram. By all means, if a trend feels right and you can capitalize on it within brand alignment, then absolutely get it, do it. I have done that with a few and they have done well for me, but have that discernment for yourself. Just don't let the pressure of hopping on a trend keep you from creating actual content that your audience and your ideal client would find helpful, relatable, and shareable. A trend doesn't automatically mean those things. A Twitter graphic with a bold statement can go a lot further for you and your brand versus a trendy reel. So just keep that in mind. Now that covers what I would do for growth on Instagram and some places to maybe refine or come back to if you've kind of strayed away from those focuses. Now, we're gonna talk about income Slash application growth. So I'm going to go for like inquiries here. That's what we're thinking about is the f- the free content, the people in your audience, how you turn them into customers. And I say that because that's like a main selling point of most uh, Instagram courses or people, coaches in the online space. How do you turn consumers into customers? I was talking to a past one-on-one business client turned colleague a while back. We were discussing some lofty financial goals and what refinement it takes from a business standpoint to hit these certain goals. And it gives like very slow down to speed up type of vibes. She made the comment, I doubled my income in X year that it was by just yelling about my offers more on Instagram and email. And I died. Because hashtag truth, (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I've had a business client, follower or Fitzbro embrace talking about their offer more consistently and bam, they see more applications and enrollments. It's like clockwork, not once, not giving vague information, but really committing to talking about all things your offer, clients, who it's for. The problem solving, the results, the expectations, the process, the options that people have, etc. Really sharing all of those things in kind of bite, site, bite size fashion. Excuse me, through Instagram stories, and they're like, "Oh wow, I'm getting applications on a weekly basis. Go figure." And I know that sounds simple, but people do not talk about their offer nearly as often as they should because they think, "Oh, I'm being annoying." Do you get annoyed when Aerie sends you an email every day about the clothing that they sell? No, you're running a business. You're running a brand. You need to talk about your offer if you want to make money. I don't know how else to say it. I talked about this in my last podcast episode, but share client case studies. Again, this is the how, the process, your personal coaching approach. It lets people behind the scenes and allows prospects to see themselves in The shoes of your client? What does it actually look like to work with you? If you've never taken your audience behind the scenes of that, I highly encourage you to do so. This is one of the most valuable things, in my opinion, that you can do as a coach if you are trying to build your roster in the online space of health and fitness. The next one depends on your offer model, but I would say one times per week, you should be having a hard call to action to apply. That could be off the back of a client case study. That could be storytelling. So the why your own experience right now or in the past, and then, you know, how that applies to your approach that you take with clients with a hard call to action to apply to work with you that would be more of like a storytelling approach and then also oh my gosh something people sleep on from this is going to be like in the DMs or email the follow up lord almighty people have forgotten about the best way to make money in the online space as a health and fitness coach follow up with people who have inquired to work with you these are hot leads They've either already applied or they've DM'd you or whatever. When somebody shows interest, pop them over into primary or general in your DMs on Instagram so you can keep track of people who have inquired about working with you so you can access them quickly, so you can follow up with them. People get busy, they legit forget or they just need a reminder. I have personally hired two humans in the last two years due to them following up with me because like I said, I got busy, it got put on the back burner, etc. but I really did want to hire them. I just needed someone to bug me about it. If you can get comfortable with receiving the respectful, not at this time, or no response at all from somebody. If you can if you can accept being ghosted, the follow-up takes such little time, but holds so much potential for the one yes that comes from the follow-up. And if someone says no, then lead them to another place that they can continue to take in content from you or join a mailing list until they're ready. Keep them in your ecosystem. If at all possible, if they really are an ideal client and it's just a no for now, then make sure that you get them somewhere that is easy to access them again. The last thing I will say is social proof up the yin-yang. I literally have a podcast episode and a YouTube video On social proof, the power of social proof. And if you are not using social proof in your business, I encourage you to look for ways to do it. That can be physical, that can be video, that can be written, screenshots, whatever. There is so many forms of social proof that can help communicate from your client's words and experiences how and why what you do works. And when it comes from a client, it's not coming from you. People know you're trying to sell them something. Your clients aren't trying to sell them something. So it just expedites that trust that we talked about. And I know that can all seem like a lot if you're trying to check all of these boxes, but I would suggest sharing social proof once a week as well. And that can be in a post or in Instagram stories, either one, wherever it makes most sense, wherever you can provide the context needed in order to do that. That is what I would do once a week. Again, this is to grow your income, not likely to grow your audience. Audience growth doesn't always equal income growth. And if it does, typically there is a three to 12 month gap between those two things, between someone coming into your ecosystem and then actually paying you money. It takes time. If you don't currently know what your buying cycle is, I encourage you to either ask clients that have paid you. So, backtrack a bit and say like, hey, you know, send out a survey. How long were you in my audience before you signed up to work with us? How many times did you consider working with us, etc. So you can kind of get your finger on or get a pulse on how long it takes people to invest working with you. All right, that was a bit of a longer episode. Um, That is all I have for you. So hopefully you have some things to implement for growing your Instagram audience and or pushing the actual applications and getting those audience members to take action and work with you if they are in fact interested in doing so. Give the show five stars wherever you listen, leave a a written review so people know what to expect. I very much so appreciate that. Get on my mailing list, anniemiller.co backslash news. And until next time, I'm Annie Miller and thank you for tuning into the Pro podcast.